2: There are some who teach that church leaders who fall can never be restored. Can you imagine the conversation between Jesus and Peter, if that was the case? If leaders could not be forgiven and restored? It might go something like this. Do you want to hear the rest of that thought? Well,
1: stay tuned to another edition of Study Verse by Verse and one of the last two broadcasts in our lengthy series In the Book of John, I'm Mike Trout, and that was our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the 21st chapter of the Book of John. Um, This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands, and more details about the many ministries you can find at the church are on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And here on this Thursday, once again, is Pastor Leighton Sheely.
2: You see, before they met Jesus, they were very successful fishermen as evidenced by the fact that they owned their own boats and their, and, their, and their business. As professional fishermen, they knew how to catch fish, and they knew that the best time of catching fish on the Sea of Galilee was at nighttime. And so that night, they'd spent their entire night rowing around looking for fish. But despite their very best efforts, they had nothing to show for it. Zilch, nada, yet nothing. It was reminiscent of the day that Peter met Jesus as recorded for us in Luke chapter 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, that is Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, which explains one of the reasons why they hung out together. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, From now on you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him, followed Jesus. That night was reminiscent of the day that they met Jesus and chose to leave everything and follow him. Verse 4, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. So no doubt, they were exhausted and frustrated from the night of catching nothing, but this, this stranger's voice, a commanding voice, prompted them to take one more try. Now the Sea of Galilee is not what we might call a sea. We'd call it a lake because it's only about 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. So the fishermen have been out all night in this lake looking for fish and not been able to find any anywhere. Now a stranger is telling them to put down the net on the right side of the boat. Now how wide is a boat? What, 6 feet? 8 feet? Maybe 10 or 12 feet? Now how is that supposed to make a difference in a lake that's eight miles wide. Well, it did make a difference. It made a huge difference. As the old saying goes, little is much when God is in it. There were so many fish entering into the net that even seven muscular first century fishermen were not able to haul the net into the boats, and so they dragged it to the shore. Verse 7, that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord! When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, about, but about a hundred yards off. So John, the disciple that Jesus loved, recognized that the stranger on the beach was Jesus, and he told Peter, and Peter, true to his character, couldn't wait for the boat to get to shore, instead jumped in and decided to swim for it. Verse 9, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and so with the fish. Now, this was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The disciples are out fishing all night. They're hungry. And when they get to shore, Jesus has prepared a hot breakfast for them. And you notice how gracious Jesus is. He says, bring some of the fish that you, that you, that you have just caught. The only reason that they caught anything is because Jesus told them to throw the nets out on the right side of the boat. Which then begs the question, how did the fish know which side of the boat was the right side of the boat? Well, the passage records there was 153 fish in that net. And there have been a number of explanations that have gone back even to the church fathers, such as Jerome and Augustine, that try to explain that specific number, 153. There's no definitive explanation but the Apostle John, who was a professional fisherman, noted that even with many fish in the net, the net was not broken. And that was a remarkable fact to him, so much so that he recorded it here. Now, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that the Lord not only provided the catch, he also protected the catch as well. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter and his Lord had already met privately and no doubt taken care of Peter's sin. That's recorded in Luke chapter 24. But since Peter had denied the Lord publicly, it was important that there be a public restoration. Sin should be dealt with only to the extent that it is known. Private sins should be confessed in private, public sins in public. So Jesus asked, do you truly love me more than these now, the last term is not defined, so the question it might be one of several questions. It might be, uh, do you love me more than these men love me? Or, do you love me more than you love these men? Or, do you love me more than you love these things? Now, it's highly unlikely that Jesus would have been asking Peter to compare himself with other men when later in this very conversation he tells Peter to not do such things. So the latter is most likely the intended meaning. And so it may have been that Jesus swept his hand around, pointing at the boat and the nets and the equipment and the catches of fish, and he said to Peter, Simon, do you love me more than these things? Are you prepared to give them up? Are you prepared to abandon your own agenda of a successful business, a steady job, reasonable comfort? And instead, give yourself to my work and my people. This may have been a challenge to Peter to make the decision as to where he was going to invest his life. Was he going to invest it in preaching the gospel of Christ Jesus and caring for the flock of Christ Jesus? Now you notice that Jesus asked the question three times and there's probably a very clear reason for that. It was three times that Peter had denied his Lord And so Jesus gave Peter three opportunities to affirm his love. In his gracious forgiveness, the Lord gave Peter the opportunity to wipe away the burden of a threefold denial by a threefold declaration of love. And Peter went on to become one of the great, great leaders of the Christian church. But you know that there are people who believe and teach that church leaders cannot be restored, that God's grace is only sufficient enough to cover the sins of lay believers, but it's inadequate to cover the sins of leaders. There are some who teach that church leaders who fall can never be restored. Can you imagine the conversation between Jesus and Peter if that was the case, if leaders could not be forgiven and restored? It might go something like this. Peter, do you love me? Well, you know that I do, Lord. Well, Peter, you really messed up. You blew it. You were one of my innermost circle. You saw and experienced things that no other man in the face of the earth, in the whole of human history, has seen and experienced, and yet you denied knowing me. Peter, you're an embarrassment. I'd prefer if we were not associated. You're not welcome in my flock. Or, Peter, do you love me? You know that I do, Lord. Well, Peter, you really messed up. You blew it. You're an embarrassment. But I'll let you hang around. You can be one of the flock. But I want you to keep a low profile. There's no more leadership positions for you. You're done. You're done protecting and feeding the sheep. They're on their own. You're done. Now I ask you, is that what Jesus said? Is that how he answered? Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep and feed my lambs. So who is responsible for feeding sheep and lambs? A shepherd. And a shepherd is a leader of sheep. And so that it would not be lost upon anyone... Jesus commissioned Peter to lead his sheep, not once, not twice, but three times. You see, the mission of Jesus is a mission of forgiveness and healing and restoration for everyone, including church leaders. And here, Jesus restores a leader completely. We'll have to end there on this
1: Thursday as we come down to the end of another edition of Study Verse by Verse, a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We're in a lengthy series in the book of John and if you'd like to listen to any of the past broadcasts or perhaps even review the entire series again, you can do that without any cost. Just go to the website at highlands.us. That's the website for the church, Church of the Highlands. And we're able to do that, in part, because of listeners who support the ministry, who come alongside of us and uh, give on a regular basis. If you're one of those, thank you. You make all of this happen in a big way. And if you'd like to join with us, well, you can just go to the website, click on the Donate button, and safely uh, give your gift. That's Highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow as we end the week with Pastor Leighton Sheely in the book of John, studying verse by verse.